This is a live edition of the Sam D Podcast. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Sam Dusenberry Jr. Follow me on the Elon app at the Sam D. That's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. Podcast is also up there at the Sam D Podcast, all one word. If you're no longer down with the Elon app, trust me, I get it. Podcast is also up on the Zuckerberg app and the China app. Subscribe and rate the podcast five stars, nonetheless. Tell a friend. It's a lot to get into, but let me go ahead and knock out the rest of this intro. I see the comments coming in. I see some people pulling up. I appreciate that. Okay. All right. So for all content, audio and visual, hit up the samd.com. Uh, subscribe and rate the podcast five stars. Nonetheless, tell a friend podcast available on all major podcasts and platforms. Musical production done by May 1st Music. Support him at soundcloud.com slash May 1st Music. All right, let's see. Where should we start? I will fade that down. Okay, now let's go through the comments real quick. Corey's going to be getting a lot of Lamar slander off, so understand what tonight is going to be. Y'all see the title of the stream? Blame game. Who gets the blame? Is it players like Lamar Jackson? Is it coaches like Dan Campbell? Who is the blame for setting up the Super Bowl that we have with the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs? That is going to be a reoccurring theme. Now, there's a lot of things we can navigate with tonight. There's a lot of places where we can go to try to decipher what actually happened yesterday on Championship Sunday. I could throw tons of stats at you. I can go out here and tell you how uh, Travis Kelsey was out here with 11 targets, and from those 11 targets, he got 11 receptions. I can do that. I can do that until the cows come home. I can sit here and tell you how the defense that was held in high regard, the defense that was thought to have the luxury of premium, elite, top-tier linebacker play, and even has a safety that is used like a linebacker in Hamilton, got Swiss cheesed up 11 for 11 yesterday. Okay? We can talk about that. We can talk about that. Premier linebacker play, right, Corey? Premier linebacker play. 11 for 11 from Travis Kelsey. Or we can talk about the, you know, alleged coach of the year, even though I think it should be D'Amico Ryans, but there has definitely been a groundswell for Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, who has lived and died by the fourth down. What Brandon Staley started as Chargers coach Dan Campbell picked up the mantle and continued with ever since, you know, the whole Detroit thing started to turn around. So what, you know, Brandon Staley crawled so Dan Campbell could walk when it it comes to fourth downs. He lived and died by the fourth down, and he was galvanized for it. He was canonized for it. He was prophesized for it. Well, he died by it yesterday. Now, while we can justify those moves, we can justify, you know, all the reasons of why he did it. The analytics say so. He had a feel for the game. And 
He wanted to make sure his team was in the best position to win. We can talk about all of that, but the fact of the matter is, is that twice on fourth down, and we can even talk about a third time, but we'll focus on the two main ones that everyone seems, seems to be up in uproar about. Twice on fourth down, he had a chance to get more. Not just more in terms of more of in terms of a first down to continue on to a drive to potentially get a touchdown. He had a chance to get more points and said, nah, I'm good, love. Enjoy. I don't want those field goals. I want seven. And while that is what has made that fan base love him, while that has made the media clamor for him and keep putting microphones in front of him, while that has made him say things like, we're going to bite your kneecaps off. It cost him the NFC championship yesterday. And he's already admitting we might not get another chance at it. When have you ever seen a coach who has a team that just made his first run? This is the first Lions run to relevancy since the 90s. And he's already saying they might be one and done. We'll talk about it. So we could get into a lot of things. Let's start with the Ravens because this YouTube channel specifically has become known as a safe space for Lamar Jackson lovers. I have had a lot of Lamar Jackson haters. Corey is, is one of those that, that is up in here tonight. And I've had a lot of Lamar Jackson lovers that have told me Lamar Jackson is the greatest thing ever. So it's a very extreme polarizing end of the spectrum. I've had Lamar Jackson lovers and I've had Lamar Jackson haters and they all have come seemingly to this channel to fight it out just because I thought Lamar Jackson should have gotten fully guaranteed money like nasty man Deshaun Watson. But let's get into, and I'll jump to the screen here, let's get into what the Ravens were able to not do in their game against the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. So you see the bracket here. We won't get too crazy into it. If you're pulling up to the stream, feel free to drop a like. I do appreciate all that stuff. If you enter the super chat, that is also available for you if you want to support the channel and the growth of the channel. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that the Baltimore Ravens, right? Let's go ahead and go right into the box score. Um, and I want y'all to pay attention to one thing. Let's go to rushing attempts. Now, we have six... Even though you see eight rushing attempts here for Lamar Jackson, right? It says eight, but in terms of actual play calls that were play the run designed play calls for Lamar Jackson, it was two. So you had eight total, six of which were of the scramble variety, right? Gus Edwards, three, Zay Flowers, two, Devils or trick plays, end arounds, whatever. So we really don't call, count those, but we will throw it in there because it does count as a rush. And, he, and Justice Hill got three touches. So, Eight and three, we can do the math. That's 11 plus five. That's 16 rushes. 16 rushes for, if not the best, one of the best rushing offenses in the league. Now let's compare that to the week prior against Houston, okay? So again, that is six, eight, eight, 16 rushes. Let's go ahead and jump into the week prior. I don't know why all my windows adjusted like that, but we'll, we'll adjust. All right, so we got Baltimore rushing. The week before now, 11 for Lamar, 13 for Justice Hills. So we could do the math, that's 24. Another 10 for Gus Edwards, 
That's 34 and even eight for Dalvin Cook. That's 42 rush attempts compared to 16. Now, Todd Munkin was thought to be a guy that was going to come in here and energize this offense and pump some much-needed vitality into this offense. Open up the playbook. Not due to Greg Roman, we're going to RPO you to depth-style offense. And while a lot of us people that were in favor of Lamar were happy to see Greg Roman go and certainly kept an open mind with Todd Munkin, they were promised a lot in terms of opening up this offense. And I remember having the, the story here in, in training camp of how, oh, Lamar can audible now. Lamar has the jurisdiction. He has the authority to check down now. Audible, do hot routes, make slide pass protection, et cetera, et cetera. That was a thing of just him being allowed to do that. So this Todd Munkin offense, which, you know, he's had stops in Tampa Bay and but most recently, Georgia, prior to this, he was thought supposed to come in here and energize his playbook and take the chains off of Lamar Jackson. And while at times it looked like it, yesterday, he clearly forgot to run the ball. You don't go from 42 rush attempts the week before, and then all of a sudden, Go to 16 without a design for it. And if you're going to do that, your passing game's got to be A1. Well, if we're talking about Nelson Aguilar, if we're talking about Bateman, if we're talking about Zay Flowers, and if we're talking about Odell, we know you should not be trying to air it out if that is the quartet of receivers you're trying out there. I have talked a lot over the years about the weapons or the lack thereof, more specifically for Lamar Jackson. Now, while we could continue to keep trying to, you know, talk around in circles, you're either going to be anti-Lamar or pro-Lamar. You're either going to say he's not all of that. You know, his MVPs are fraudulent. You know, he is who we thought he was. Bill Polian wasn't that wrong, et cetera, et cetera. You're either hardcore on that side or you're, you know, it's Mahomes one and then, you know, uh, Lamar is 1A type deal. So either you're a piece, you're either polarized and loving him or you're polarizing and hating him. My whole thing has been this. I can't critique him or criticize him until I see him be given the same type of weapons like all these other QBs. I can't judge a QB that has been given piss poor weapons or no weapons at all like Lamar has been, when we're talking about other QBs that have been gifted elite number one wide receivers, elite tight ends, elite offensive lines, and genius play callers. That is a very slanted leveling playing field when you're trying to judge someone's actual talent and how far they could take your team potentially. What Lamar Jackson has shown in 2019 and this year is that despite either no talent around him in 2019 or minimal talent around him in 2023, he can play at an MVP level and put up tons of numbers. Okay, cool. Todd Munkin was supposed to be one of those type of play callers. Maybe not genius level, like a Ben Johnson, who we'll get to, because he didn't look like a Johnson, uh, he didn't look like too much of a genius 
in the second half of that game that last night. But the Sean McVay's, the Cal Shanahan's, we can even talk about Andy Reid. Andy Reid still does play calling. Don't don't let Matt Nagy and all of that because they definitely don't want to get a credit to Eric Bieniemy, right? So if we're not going to give the credit to Eric Bieniemy, we're not going to all of a sudden now spin the block and give credit to Matt Nagy when it comes to the success of the Kansas, of the Kansas City Chiefs. It is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, aka Michael Jordan. So if Munkin's not a genius play caller, he doesn't have top tier talent around him. He has a very good tight end, Mark Andrews, but he could be starting his slide. Isaiah Likely, I was told coming into this season, was supposed to be one of those. One of those young, you know, Darren Waller type receivers that can be top tier as a passing threat. Didn't show you jack shit until the last quarter of the season into the playoffs. Even though he was thrust into action with Mark Andrews getting hurt. Odell Beckham is not what he used to be. He's not even Cleveland Brown Odell Beckham. He's not even L.A. Ram Odell Beckham. I think we can all safely agree Odell Beckham is done. As a competent wide receiver, he's not a one. He's not a two. Right now, he's looking like a three. He's looking like a three. So the fact that they paid him, what, 15, 16 mil? To be a three, even though at times they were using him as a one slash two, kind of tells you again the lack of weapons that they've surrounded Lamar Jackson with. Now, while you can say, well, there's no more excuses, he's supposed to take it all on himself. I think Lamar Jackson yesterday tried to play within the system that has helped him not have to run around with his neck cut off like going crazy with the running game. I think he tried to play within the system and trust the play calling of Todd Munkin way too much, way too much. And you saw a little bit of this when it comes to someone else that is often compared to Lamar Jackson and someone that is often surprisingly thought to be better than Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Josh Allen was trying to play within the Ken Dorsey system and it was mixed results. And when they fired Ken Dorsey, what did they tell Josh Allen to do? Save us. Don't turn the ball over, even though we know you're going to, but we got to say it, right? But save us. And Josh Allen was in hero mode the rest of the year. And he played like the Josh Allen from a video game. He played like the dude that deserved to be on the cover of Madden. Lamar, I think, by his own degree, has been trying to play within this system and was trying to navigate, when do I take over? When do I go Super Saiyan and take shit over? And I think Lamar yesterday was too conservative. Now, he had plenty of time to drop back, even though Spags was mixing up the coverages and definitely mixing up the blitzes, and they did get home a few times, and they definitely forced a strip sack and all of that. There were a lot of times when Lamar was chilling in the pocket, waiting for a weapon to get open. And it wasn't scheme. It wasn't like they confused him or whatever. It was a predicated system that was trying to design to take away the middle. Cool. You want to take away the tight ends? Cool. Well, I'm supposed to have all these weapons now on the outside that are supposed to be able to get open. Lejarius Need ain't covering everybody, okay? So, you know... One guy in the secondary can really cover. 
Reed is another guy that is up and coming, but it's Snead and a bunch of dudes when it comes to that back, that back four, okay? Odell Beckham could not get open. Zay Flowers could only get open on scramble drills or deep crossers, which if you listen to this podcast, you know that's now the flavor, that that's now the route that is open now. Used to be sluggos, now it's crossers. Shallow or deep, pause, however you want it. Aguilar could not get open. Bateman screwed Lamar by not knowing how to do the scramble drill. And Lamar literally had to go up to him and say, yo, you see me scrambling. Why didn't you break the route and go deep? You're still trying to run out. When I'm scrambling to your, to the near side, you're supposed to go deep. That's how they scored on this Zay Flowers play. It's a scramble drill. Zay Flowers broke the coverage off, saw that Lamar was scrambling. He took off, Lamar hit him, and it was easy money. They could have had the same play if Bateman, who was a first-round pick, who I was told was hurt a little bit last year, couldn't really show, but he has the promise. Even though I saw none of that this entire year, I still said, all right, well, you know, let's see. He's more of a possession guy than me, not a guy that can go vertical, but let's see. Bateman didn't either didn't realize or didn't have the acumen. I don't know why he didn't do the scramble drill, which is the most automatic thing to do, especially when you have a quarterback that scrambles with the likelihood of scrambling like a Lamar Jackson. He decided not to do the scramble drill and decided to keep running that out to the near side of the field and left Lamar hanging out to dry. The weapons are not enough. I said on this podcast, the presence of weapons is enough. And I legitimately thought that. Because I thought the play calling of Todd Munkin would realize, hey man, even though the weapons are better, you're still running out here with a bunch of twos and threes as your wide receivers. You're running out here a fresh off the IL, uh, the IR, fresh off the IR, Mark Andrews. And Isaiah likely is still trying to figure it out. So even though the weapons are there and that the presence is felt, you have to honor them to a certain degree. It ain't just, oh, well, let's just drop back a whole shit ton of times. Let's, Let's go ahead and do it here where Lamar's dropping back 37 times. It's not that. I don't know what you thought you had. I don't know what plays you thought those end arounds were going to work. You thought those end arounds to Zay Flowers were going to, you know, catch the defense off guard. You don't think they saw that on tape? It's not like you saved those just for yesterday. You've been running those all year. So what did Todd Munkin think he was going to get out of making Lamar Jackson drop back and throw the ball 37 times when they ran the rock 42 times the week before? But yesterday, only 16. Gus Edwards took a carry on first down, first drive of the second half, 
and didn't get then the Ravens did not run another running play on first down the rest of the game. This is an <laughs> offensive line whose strength is run blocking with a quarterback who is a dual threat with a plethora of running backs who can control the clock. And you decided time after time to throw bullshit flanker screens because it is the, ch the National Checkdown League. Bubble screens, flanker screens, receiver screens. When you had running backs there who could run the ball, they just proved it to you the week before. Now you can tell me, well, the Chiefs defense is better than the Texans defense. Sure. But your offensive line has been trucking people all year. You're one of the best, if not the best, running team in the league. 37 dropbacks for Lamar Jackson. 16 times. And again, we could take away six of those. So 10 designed run plays. Because six of the eight were scrambles for Lamar. 10 designed run plays as opposed to 37 dropbacks. And there are people who will tell you this is Lamar's fault. Now, is there a cape on right now for Lamar for me? No. Did Lamar play his best yesterday? No. Was Lamar trash yesterday? No. Did Lamar play like an MVP yesterday? No. Does this, stay, does, does this make Lamar's MVP fraudulent or less than? No. All this means is this is now the new ceiling. The ceiling used to be here when it was Greg Roman and absolutely no weapons. Now they gave him a bump in weapons, although it's still mid as hell, and a better OC even though Greg Roman wouldn't have thrown the ball 37 times yesterday. Greg Roman wouldn't have run the ball only 10 times yesterday. So there's the yin and the yang. We got a dude who was feeling himself. We have a couple of coordinators yesterday, yesterday who were feeling themselves. And coincidentally, both of those coordinators teams lost. Todd Munkin was feeling himself. Ben Johnson was feeling himself. He probably thought I had the Washington thing in the bag. Magic is watching. I'm going to show out. And he's now done. Todd Munkin, we talked, he, he kept talking about all year long. When I have Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, we're going to do a two tight end set and it's going to set the league on fire. I kept waiting for those two end sets all year long. They finally get Mark Andrews back off of a, what a damn near a broken hip. Two tight end sets were mid yesterday. Isaiah likely was mid yesterday. <laughs> Isaiah likely is putting his hand up like he's Randy Moss, even though he's doubled and triple teamed. And Lamar said the hell with it. At least he's wants the ball because clearly nobody else wants the ball especially after Zay tricked it off. Zay Flowers tricked it off. If we're not going to talk about the blame of not just, some blame does go to Lamar, right? Lamar gets some blame. He's not, he's not Teflon. I think Harbaugh catches some blame. 
Because that team was not ready to play. That team was not ready to play. They had Ray Lewis doing the Ray Lewis dance. They had T Sizzle out there trying to get them jazzed up in the second half. None of that shit mattered. They were not ready to play yesterday. When you're going up against Jordan, you got to be ready to play. Jordan is always ready. When have you ever seen Jordan in a big game just not come out on fire? Now, the people around him might not come out on fire, but he's coming out on fire. That's what Jordan does. And Jordan yesterday was on fire, off rip. So Lamar catches some blame. Harbaugh catches some blame. I think Todd Munkin catches a lot of blame. And you can't tell me about these linebackers, which I also prophesied, say, look, this is the strength of the defense. As great as Hamilton is, as under as, as underrated as that front line is, the strength of this defense is these linebackers. Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. And then Travis Kelsey goes out here, 11 targets, 11 receptions? I don't want to hear it. Patrick Queen talk about, I don't know if I'm going to be back next year. Maybe Harbaugh needs to keep that same energy of, this might be it. Because who's going to fill those shoes if Patrick Queen does leave a free agency? Lamar gave y'all a hometown discount not getting that guaranteed bag. So y'all got it, right? So Patrick Queen, that should be your automatic for the Ravens, right? There's a lot to be made here. There's a lot to be said here. There's a lot of blame to go around for the Baltimore Ravens. Zay Flowers has to catch it. There's a lot of people here. Bateman leaving Lamar hanging out the dry, not knowing how to do a scramble drill. I rewatched the game this afternoon just to make sure. I was like, yeah, he really just kept running the out route. Like he just never broke off the route. Even though Lamar is looking at him and motioning him to go. Anyway, I will hit the chat. I like that y'all are pulling up. I see we got some good, good attendance in here tonight. I appreciate it. Late night stream. Get some of this off. Let me see. <clears throat> Corey saying Mahomes is on a Jordan run. Yes, he is. I, I wouldn't even say on a Jordan run. He's just Jordan. Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. I said it last episode, it's kind of other hot takers have been out there saying similar things. But if you live through Jordan and you saw just, because again, what you saw yesterday from Mahomes, that wasn't MVP, you know, quintessential. That wasn't your, your typical Patrick Mahomes performance. But when he needed to make a play, he hit the throw to MVS. Valdez Scantling was able to catch the ball this time. Patrick, a.k.a. Jordan, took a little something off. It wasn't a heater. He took a little something off, and it had just enough loft to make it available for your man's NDS to be able to catch the rock. And therein lies the difference. Lamar's got receivers who don't know how to run routes on the scramble drill. Meanwhile, Jordan knows that I got to loft this thing perfectly because NDS's hands are so sus that if I give him a heater, he can't handle it. Dan lost the difference. 
<clears throat> Corey talked about the 49ers too. We, we will get there. We will get there. And Tumbo was good. Scrub Zero in the house was good. Scrub. Scrub Zero's in the house. Todd Munkin did not. Did, did nothing to help anyone on the offense yesterday. No, that's big facts. It's big facts. 37 dropbacks and only 10 designed play calls for runs. Horrible play calling. Horrible balance. Horrible balance. Script zero, what I tell you before, these teams don't know how to use the wide receiver screens. Um, I think, I think yes, right? So that part of that is yes, but I also think it's become so commonplace. Like you're not going to keep fooling teams with these screens, bro. Like there's something to the well-timed screen as opposed to just, let's just keep running them until we break one. Like that's kind of where I feel like all these types of screens are coming to like there's finding the right down and distance and finding the right point in the drive to hit you with the screen. And then there's just inundating us with screens multiple times on each drive. It's like, that's what I'm calling it. The national checkdown league. It is a CDL. It's a checkdown league. Like that's all this league is. We get stunned to see vertical passing plays. Now it's like, we all hold our breath when the ball is thrown deep now because we're so accustomed to it. Because everything is intermediate or a check down. Derpy in the house was good, Derpy. And here we go with some more Lamar slander. You know, he played like the best running back in the game. Okay, so again, talking Lamar Jackson there. So Corey has company. Script <clears throat> zero. Todd Monken was on that Georgia Bulldog offense yesterday. I wish he was. I actually wish he was because they, you would have never seen uh, Kirby Smart and them get, get this off where there's only 10, 10 design run plays. No way. Strip Zero, the defensive coordinator, refused to blitz Mahomes for some inexplicable reasons. And 15 had all day to do what he wanted. Yeah, the front four was not getting home. And, um, it, it was it was an interesting game plan. Like obviously in the second half, the defense played really well, right? This they basically pissed a shutout in the second half. Unfortunately, because of how they gave it up in the first half, knowing that points were at a premium, like once it was seven seven, you're thinking like I even saw it on on, on the Elon app. People thought, oh, we about to get a shut a shootout. Even Romo said that during the broadcast. Oh, it looked like we're gonna have a shootout. Slow down. Like with these two defenses, it would have been hard to believe that we would have gotten a shootout to that to that degree. But, you know, it, it, it is what it is when it comes to how you try to stop uh, or try again. You're trying to stop Jordan. Many have tried. Few have succeeded. And with this with this level of Jordan. You're getting Mahomes with, again, 30 of 39, only 241 yards. But you see, they didn't have no problems running the ball. Pacheco got 24 touches. So they, even still, with Mahomes throwing the ball 39 times, they still found a way to run the ball 20-plus times with their primary back. 
Meanwhile, the Ravens are out here throwing the ball a similar amount of times with Lamar Jackson, but Gus Edwards, three carries. Justice Hill, three carries. And Lamar, only two design run plays. I mean, Todd Munkin has to be taking the task here. I don't know how he can't be taking the task. Say whatever you want about Lamar. You can say, you, 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 you can get it off. It's cool. But I don't want to hear anything negatively too crazy about Lamar because you're, you're leaving out the context of everything else that failed around him. All right. So that's my thoughts on it. Ravens spit the bit. Ravens had a chance. Ravens should have played better. I'm not saying they should have won this game. They should have played better. I think the play calling would have been better. We can talk about the Zay Flowers stuff where not only does he make the bonehead play of doing the taunting after catching a big pass down the field that would have set them up inside the red zone, damn near inside the 10. So now he does the taunting, spinning the ball by Sneed. Now you got to back it up. Back it up 10, 15 yards. Now you get back into that red zone. You catch a pass. You shake a couple dudes. You have the pathway into the end zone. And even if you don't get into the end zone, you can get at least close to the goal line. You're already inside the five. Now, I understand you want to be the hero and make the play and do it for Lamar and put on for the city. You're at the crib. You want to go to the Super Bowl. But if he doesn't try to make the hero play, they're at the goal line. They're inside the five with four, with four downs to go. So while I understand getting in the heat of the moment, you catch the rock, you're fast, you think you can, you think you can make a play here. And that's why, you that's why they drafted you in the first round, so you can make this type of play. But he fucked up. Bottom line is, he fucked up. He fucked up and he choked and Sneed made an enormous play. It wasn't necessarily a peanut punch, but it was damn near one. And he punched that ball out. Punched the ball out. And I'll tell you this. At that point in time, the way that Zay Flowers reacted, they lost him for the rest of the game. They lost him for, for, for the rest of the game. Now, he went on the sideline and he hurt his hand you know, in his frustration of what happened or whatever, but mentally he was done. He was done for, for the rest of the game. So a weapon that was supposed to be one of those. So Lamar doesn't have, still doesn't have a lot of weapons. He just went from zero weapons to a little bit of weapons. Now he's lost the best of those little weapons, lost him mentally with Zay Flowers. Now that's how you get left with Rashad Bateman. Now you're getting left with an old OBJ. That's how that happens. And then you're wondering why Lamar didn't look like an MVP yesterday. Because his, all, his OC was calling too many damn pass plays and they had no type of balance. No type of balance. A Chiefs defense that is not that great against the run. A Chiefs defense that is not that great against the run. They could be run on. And you're fresh off running for over 200 plus yards on 40 attempts the week before. And you call 10 whole run plays. Make it make sense. Boogie down in the house.
Ravens sold out. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Munkin is mid as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he certainly sold out yesterday. He sold out 10, 10 design run plays. Can't do that. He's, he's been coaching this team the entire year. And in the biggest game in the year, 10 run plays? 10. With Lamar? Two design run plays? Now, again, we're not saying run it back to Greg Roman days. We're glad that Lamar is not handcuffed by the Greg Roman shit. But that doesn't mean you go all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum and only call 10 design run plays. Silly. Boogie down. Zay dive in at the six-yard line instead of running it in. He would have had made that by running. He didn't need to dive. That looks scripted. Um, I was with you until the end. <laughs> Usual with <laughs> Boogie down. Um, was there some scripting yesterday? I won't go there. Um I would not be surprised. I'm just not going to go there. But yes, I think Zay tried to do too much on that play. Even if he get, gives himself up. I don't know if he gets in standing up. I, I don't know if he gets in. But either way, whether he stands up and tries to get in and gets tackled or whether he just goes down inside the five, they're now first and goal. They're first and goal inside the five no matter what. First and goal inside the five, no matter what, if Zay Flowers doesn't try to be a hero. Because he's trying to make up for the taunting call. The Ravens were on edge. They were under pressure. They felt the pressure. And that's why I go back to Harbaugh. Harbaugh did not have those dudes ready, ready to play. They played like a team that knew they were under the gun. While the other side played like they knew they had Jordan. The Chiefs played like they knew, oh, we got Jordan. We keep this thing manageable, whether we up a little or down a little. We got Jordan. I ain't worried. The Ravens played the game like, oh, shit, that's Jordan over there. Everyone's looking at us. We're supposed to be beating Jordan. But we have no earthly idea how to beat Jordan. The Knicks were like that with the Bulls back in the day. The Knicks at times had better records than the Bulls. The Knicks one year had, what, 60-plus victories. The Bulls were like a third seed. Everyone said this is going to be the year that the Knicks are supposed to beat the Bulls. And what happened? This is what we're talking about. The Ravens were supposed to beat the Chiefs yesterday. They had the better team yesterday. But the one thing they didn't have was the belief that they could beat Jordan. And no team is going to beat the team with Jordan if they don't actually think they can beat Jordan. If you're shook of Jordan, you're never beating Jordan. The Ravens defense was treated to be holier than thou. 
you were starting to hear whispers of, well, are they the best Ravens defense? Can they touch that squad back in the day with Ray and Siragusa in them? And Jordan looked them right in the eye and said, Travis Kelsey, 11 targets, 11 receptions. That's the difference. Boogie down. That fumble completely changed the movement, the momentum of the game. Agreed. Agreed. And not only did it change the momentum, I firmly believe the Ravens lost Zay Flowers after that. Because not only did I cost my team first by doing the stupid taunting shit. Now, again, we know how the NFL is about taunting. It's cool sometimes, and then it's cool not. It also depends on who's doing it. We know all of this going into it, and Zay should know that too. So I'm not going to shoot him bail. You make a big play and you taunt back up the squad. Now you trying to run it back and try to get that back. You're doing too much because you're trying to compensate for the mistake you made. And now you compound the mistake because Sneed is right there and he strips you right before you cross the goal line. And then you cut your hand or some shit and your frustration. He was lost. Zay Flowers was done. He was done for the day after that. Strip zero, a league, a league full of second and who's. Yeah, it's it dog. It's it's such bad football to watch. It's such bad football to watch. Like I know it's hard to have people come out and say it because football is king. But it's such mid-football to watch when everything is get the ball out fast, get the ball out fast, get the ball out fast. Two, two and a half seconds or less, two and a half seconds or less. That's just what, what it is right now. That's just like it's it was funny to me where all the stuff of, you know, Lamar and, and being in the pocket and whatever, whatever. It was kind of like he had a lot of time to throw. His dudes weren't open. So we just, we couldn't see the arm strength. We couldn't see the touch. We couldn't see the accuracy. We couldn't see the, 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 the skill set because dudes weren't to get open. Nelson Aguilar has a hard time getting open in 2024. And it's hard for OBJ to create any type of separation in 2024. And Bateman and Zay Flowers, you saw it in Bateman not knowing how to run a scramble drill. And then you saw it in Zay Flowers where he tried to overcompensate for making mistakes. Then he gets stripped before he crosses the goal line. But let's blame Lamar. Boogie down. There's no reason Zay Flowers should be Lamar's best option. The fact Lamar is relying on their rookie receivers to be to begin with. Uh, on a rookie receiver to be his best weapon is crazy. I, th that's unfortunately, you have to look at the, the injury to Mark Andrews. He was coming off with a broken tibia, um, which is essentially a broken hip. And Isaiah likely, you know, he showed flashes and then he came on late in the year, but you needed him yesterday. And the only time he really showed himself was when he put that hand up when he was double covered and Lamar said to hell with it. And then the third guy came over and picked the shit off. So that was the only time Isaiah Likely's presence was felt. 
and him calling for the rock, knowing he was double covered. And then, oh, by the way, here's a third guy coming over to pick off Lamar. Scrub Zero, maybe it's time to admit the Ravens have reached their limit with John Harbaugh. I, I, I think that's, that's definitely worth a discussion. It'll never happen, though. It'll never happen. I mean, you know, we, we could play the game of, you know, what if Bill Belichick reached out behind the scenes and said, hey, I wouldn't mind taking that gig. What do you do type shit? But I, I, I don't think Harbaugh, I don't think the Ravens would have had to, I think if the Ravens would have lost last week to the Texans, then you could entertain actual change with Harbaugh. But I think last week saved Harbaugh's job in the sense of, okay, they took another step. You know, the whole, there was a meme going around of Lamar Jackson is Joel Embiid of the NFL. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Lamar Jackson cannot be the Joel Embiid of the NFL. Lamar Jackson has made a conference championship. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't bring Joel in here who can't get out the second round. Y'all told Lamar, do it in the playoffs. Y'all told Lamar, win another playoff game. He did that. Tell Joel to make the conference finals. If he even decides to suit up. If he decides to even play. Okay? Scrub Zero. The Ravens defense wasn't all of that all year anyway. They were good for the this era of football. But even then, they shown they shown that they could be had. Um, <clears throat> so I think the Ravens' defense definitely showed some flaws. But again, they played well, especially in the second half. The real Ravens' defense they made adjustments at halftime, right? They made adjustments at at halftime, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs did not move the ball all that well. So even though I'm throwing shots at the Ravens' defense, I'm more throwing shots at the linebackers, which are supposed to be the strength of that defense, and even Kyle Hamilton, who is a safety that plays like a linebacker, and made a lot of plays yesterday, but he also got got early. He got got early, and again, that's, that's all Jordan needs. You give Jordan an early lead in a game that matters, he's not going to make the mistake. Some of these quarterbacks, you're waiting for them to make the mistake. The, the, the Chiefs waited for Lamar to make the mistake. And unfortunately, with Isaiah likely putting the hand up when he's double covered, Lamar made the mistake. Josh Allen, we all know, is going to make the mistake. Joe Burrow has the same penchant for making the mistake. But there's one QB in the league who we know will not make the mistake when you're waiting for it. And that's Jordan. Scrub Zero, this was the worst championship Sunday I've watched in my life. Yeah, the football, the quality of the football, as much as, you know, the ratings keep going up and up, and I've had, you know, short-form content about what I really think about that. While the, the TV numbers keep going through the roof, the quality of football is not going up with those ratings. Like, it's just not. The quality of the football that we're watching is not deserving of the ratings bump 
that seemingly happens every single week. It's just not good football. There's a reason why I call it the National Checkdown League. It's like that. that's all I'm seeing. But, yeah, th- th- this was definitely not good football. It was exciting moments because the games were relatively close. But, like, in terms of actual, like, fun, exciting plays, et cetera, et cetera, you got way more of that in the, in the 49ers-Lions than in the Ravens-Chiefs. Scrub Zero, think about how wrong that sounds. The Ravens relying on Nelson Aguilar. I mean, you're looking at Nelson Aguilar, Bateman, an old OBJ, Zay Flowers, a rookie, Isaiah Likely, and, a, and Mark Andrews coming off a bum hip. It's not, it's not impressive. Dr. Reach was good. The NFL is allowed to script their games. I mean, look, that, that narrative is certainly growing. Um, when you see Taylor Swift and all the Swifties and the Kelsey momentum, the Kelseys have the number one podcast. Now you have one of the biggest stars in the world. They're all going to be given Super Bowl platforms. There's something to be made there. There's there's definitely way more of a, I'm trying to be nice with, with, with my terminology here. There's certainly way more of a pop-centric feel to what the Chiefs have going along with them than what the Ravens would have had coming along with them. So if there was a script, and I'm not saying that there is, but if there was a script, it would certainly make sense to have the Kansas City Chiefs, who have Jordan at quarterback, that have a Kelsey at tight end, and that Kelsey just so happens to be dating one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah, you want that on your biggest platform. So I get why the narratives keep keep coming out there because it makes sense. If I was running the NFL and I had that type of power, that would make sense to me. You know, I was on um, the China app and there was a video going around of, I think it was Shaq. Shaq was saying how, now again, I love how this story gets coming out after David Stern is dead. But allegedly, and so I'll, I'll preface it with that, allegedly Shaq is saying, when they had the draft lottery, he had a conversation with David Stern and David Stern asked him, do you want to play in hot weather or cold weather? And Shaq said hot weather. And allegedly, David Stern gave him a silent nod and kept it pushing, didn't think nothing of it. Oh, but what do you know? The draft lottery hop happens. And, you know, they do the ping pong balls and the ping pong balls are allegedly done in secret and all of that stuff. Only the people in the room have the information, yada, yada, yada. So they're doing the envelopes of who's going to pick where and they're getting down to the final two. And allegedly, according to Shaq, Stern opens the envelope, sees what it is, looks at Shaq and gives him an eye wink and reveals that the Orlando Magic have gotten the first pick. Make of that what you will. Now again, we know Shaq also likes to say anything for clicks. So that's why I put the disclaimer and say allegedly, and funny how he's saying this after David Stern is long gone and dead. So take that for, for what you will. But I'm not surprised at any sport fixing anything because 
Ultimately, these things are TV products. Why do you think the NFL and their broadcast partners keep telling us how many people are watching? Because that's what keeps interest. And that's what keeps them trying to re-up these contracts. And that's, that's negotiating power. So, yes, you want your biggest stars on the biggest stages at all times. I know David Stern was furious them years he had San Antonio and Detroit in the finals. Furious. <laughs> but at that time, what else? How else could he rig it? All right, I'm going to let LeBron go down there to Miami and we'll, we'll, we'll look past all the stuff that we keep discovering in the clinics and all of that stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll look past all of that. Boogie down. Uh, the media was hyping up the Ravens roster as if it were hands down the best in the league. The Ravens roster is vastly overrated. Running backs are mid, receivers are mid, O-line is inconsistent. Munkin is mid. Um, oof. Running backs are definitely mid, but again, they had J.K. Dobbins and he got hurt week one. Um, receivers are definitely mid. I would even argue below mid. Um, O-line is inconsistent. I'm not going to go that far. I think the O-line is a good run blocking offensive line. Pass blocking has never been that group strength. So I don't know if that's something you can upgrade in the offseason. Uh, but again, there were a lot of times Lamar had time in the pocket. Dudes just weren't open. Dudes just were not open. They were not getting open because they don't have the ability to get open. Um, Scrub Zero, remember people, it's sports entertainment. Yeah, all this shit is wrestling. It's, it's been something I've been saying on, on this podcast for a minute. All this shit is wrestling. Let's head over to the NFC. Uh, okay, so the 49ers and the Lions. The Lions had it. They had it, they had it, they had it. And wow, who tricked this off more? Was it Josh Reynolds with multiple drops? We could talk about Jamison Williams had a drop. We could talk about Ben Johnson. Play calling in the second half, not the greatest, especially I think he got too cute when it mattered most. And let me see, I took a screenshot. Uh, it was a third down and they were running the ball in the second half. Let me X that out. Uh, it was a third down in the second half, I believe early fourth quarter. They're running the ball. And they're running the ball strong with Montgomery and Gibbs. Little bootleg thunder and lightning thing, right? And then Ben Johnson got cute. Now, again, he's auditioning. I put him in the pantheon of genius level. And I'm not the only one. Because he has shown it, not just this year, but last year as well, that he knows how to cook up and scheme people open. And take advantage and knows when to hit the big plays. He has shown that over the last couple of seasons. It's the reason why Jared Goff doesn't look like Jared Goff at the end with the Rams. Because of Ben Johnson. It's nothing to do with Jared Goff becoming, all of a sudden, he's now this nice. He's this nice now. No, no, no. Ben Johnson. But anywho. 
going into third down, they've been running the ball successfully with Montgomery and Gibbs. I believe it was third and four with one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the league who's been moving, moving this San Francisco 49er defense all game long. Third and four. You giving a touch in the backfield to Amonra? <laughs> out of all the times, out of all the times to get cute, you put Amon Ross St. Brown in the backfield and give him a touch on third and four? Look, I know you're trying to show off for the commanders. I know you're trying to show off for Magic and them. But Ben Johnson, that is not the time to have Amon Ross St. Brown in the backfield when you've been cooking on the ground. Perry Sewell pulling. They're doing double counters. They're killing the gaps. Pause. And you put a Monra? Third and four? At one point, they were cooking the 49ers 166 to 45. That's rushing yards. That one point. They had 166 rushing yards as a team compared to 45 for the 49ers. And on third and four, you're putting Amon Ross St. Brown in the backfield getting cute when Montgomery's been grinding out yards. Look at these averages. Montgomery's getting six yards a pop. Third and four, you put Amon right, and he got two yards. That one carry you see here on the screen is the one carry he got when it was third and four in the second half. Ben Johnson got cute. We can talk about Dan Campbell and the fourth downs and the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, take the points, et cetera. You could argue with your moms about that. I don't care. The analytics say you you should take the you, you should go for fourth down. I'm not Mr. Analytics, but I think there's there's a feel to it, right? We all have been in Madden where we feel, man, I know I could get it. If I could just get this playoff, I know I could get it. And we will our team to get it. Dan Campbell has shown that this season. I think they've gone for it in that same type of in that same type of play, that same type of situation. Fourth and short which I believe they, they consider to be three or four yards or less. They've done that. They've been in that thing 20. They've done it 20 times where they've gone for it on fourth and short. And they've hit it 17 out of 20 times. Okay. So they've been in that same type of situation 20 times prior, and they've been successful 17 times out of that 20. So I'm not going to kill Dan Campbell for saying this is what got us here. I was on that Brandon Staley wave. We're going to go for it. Not mad at him for that. It's his team. What I'm mad at is Ben Johnson getting too cute in a big spot and putting the Monroe St. Brown in the backfield for a two-yard carry on third and four when he's got Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery cooking. 27 carries between the two of them. You got your trick playoff early with the Jamison Williams touch. 
You got that off. Then you try to spin the block again on a third and four with the Monra. Horrible. Horrible. That's who I place the blame on. I think obviously we can talk about teams that were tight. The 49ers have been there before. The Chiefs have been there before. This was the Lions' first time being relevant since the 90s. The Ravens, this was the first time that they had that type of pressure on them to where they were supposed to win a game with this current iteration of Ravens. That was the first time ever where they were in that spot. So the Lions and the Ravens, were, that was their first time being under pressure. And both teams cracked in a multitude of ways. With the Lions, I'm looking square at Josh Reynolds for those two drops. And I'm looking at Ben Johnson, who got too cute. When you have that offensive line, they're running at Chase Young, daring him to make a play. They were daring Chase Young to make a play, and he could not do it. Perry Sewell is pulling and trapping and is lineman eligible running routes. You can't trick off that type of game. And Dan Campbell is so correct. I don't know if we getting back here. The Packers are looking to be for real. The Vikings are probably a few pieces away, but they're going to be competitive. And the Bears are the Bears, but I mean, the Bears have a chance if they don't trick this off to make another leap. That division is not guaranteed to be the Lions next year. They'll be the favorites, of course. They'll be the incumbent, but it's not guaranteed they're about to run off a, a string of four, five, six division championships. So Dan Campbell's right. And Ben Johnson could most likely be gone. So what happens now next year when Jared Goff does not have a genius play caller next year? Does he revert to Goff at the end of his Rams run? Who's going to take over and scheme dudes open? Is Jamison Williams going to show us what we think he could be? Because Amon Ra is the number one, but he's not your typical number one. They move him around. He does a lot of stuff in the slot. Like he's not your prototypical number one wide receiver. That was thought to be Jamison Williams when they drafted him a couple of years ago. But through injuries and betting suspensions, we have yet to get a prolonged look at what he could ultimately be. Is he going to be that? That's a huge-ass question mark for the Detroit Lions. Ben Johnson's the blame. You can, you can shade Dan Campbell. All good. I'm, I'm not here to push back too much on that. But again, they were in fourth and short 20 other times where they went for it. They were 17 out of 20 in being successful in those, in those times. So I'm not going to shade him. 
I'll hit the chat. Let's see what we got. Desi Walker, terrible playoff Sunday. America wanted Ravens, Lions, Super Bowl. And I'm an Eagles fan. I mean, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, I I think I don't Ravens, Lions. If Ravens, Lions for the culture would would definitely have been A1, right? Ravens, Lions for the culture would have been A1. Um, but I think, yeah, just terrible, terrible football yesterday. Bad football. At least we got to see Jordan, right? Like we saw Jordan. But Jordan didn't really do Jordan things too much. Like the one, the one play where Jordan had to be Jordan was the one throw to Valdez Scantling, right? So Jordan gave us that little play, but that wasn't an epic moment. It was just a game ceiling moment. Scrub Zero. Oh, this this is big. Scrub Zero is saying he can no longer call Josh Reynolds Reynolds rap. Yeah, it's an insult to Reynolds rap. It's an insult to Reynolds rap. Can't do it. Uh, Scrub Zero. Lions made Brock Purdy look like Eli Manning and Mike Vick combined in that second half. Yeah, Purdy made the difference with his legs. He made a difference because, again, those dudes weren't getting open. And you're talking about a team with weapons. You're talking about Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. Even Juszczyk was a factor in the passing game. Those dudes weren't getting open, and Purdy had to make it happen with his legs. Now, the Lions defense of the four teams that played yesterday, the Lions clearly had the worst defense. The Lions were not there in that spot because of their defense. Their defense has made timely plays, timely turnovers, but that is not from top to bottom a good defense. So out of the four teams that played yesterday, that Detroit Lions defense was the weakest, but... Like, they played well yesterday. They played well enough. And when those dudes were covered, when you finally can cover all those weapons, now Purdy's taken off. Because you're running around playing man-to-man, tight man-to-man defense, and you're leaving the middle open. So as soon as he can break the pocket and break containment, he's got an easy 15, 20 yards of pop. And as you see here, 48 yards on five rushes. None of those five rushes were designed, by the way. All of those were straight scrambles. Five rushes, 48 yards, bringing man's Brock Purdy. And what was it? I think last week, McCaffrey had uh, 100 receiving and uh, 100 rushing and also had like 11 targets receiving. He had 90 yards on 20 rushing attempts and then another 40 uh, on four receptions, which is five on five targets. So yeah, you get you, you you get the ball 25, 25 times to McCaffrey and let him do what he does. And that's 130 all-purpose and a couple of touchdowns. Get the ball to your playmakers. Debo Samuel nine targets, eight receptions. Ayuk eight targets. Yuschek three targets. Kittle three targets and Kittle was was doing some some manly shit on that line going at uh, blocking um, Hutchinson. He took it upon himself to get at your man's Hutchinson. And yeah, it was a good battle in the trenches. Really, really good battle in the trenches. So look, the man, I think with, with the Lions, the blame game for me is on Ben Johnson. It's the blame game for me. I think we can obviously talk about Josh Reynolds. Those were two huge drops. 
And it's not like it was bad throws. One throw, I think the first drop, the ball was slightly behind, I believe, if I'm if I am re remembering it correctly. But either way, he should have caught both of them. But that second one, that was the killer. That second one was the killer because he was wide-ass open and just dropped it. Absolutely dropped it. So jo Josh Reynolds out here rough, man. Rough, 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 rough. So let's see. What else do we have to get into? Uh, script zero. Ben Johnson was on that BS in the second half. Yeah, he, he definitely was not... He was not cooking. He was cooking in that first half, mixing up the run in the pass. Both those teams, right, 49ers and the Lions, they both work off of play action. Set up the run. The run sets up the pass, right? With McCaffrey, you can, you can run the ball with him to set up checkdowns to him, and away you go. And then you got a Debo, and then you got a Ayuk, and then you got a Kittle, and then you got a use check. Like, it just keeps going on and on and on. With the Lions, it's supposed to be similar. They just don't have as many weapons, especially at receiver. So you're working it to Montgomery. You're working it to Gibbs. And then you got Laporta and Amon Ra. But Amon Ra is not a guy who's going to take the top off the defense. So he's a guy that you're going to do intermediate stuff with him. Laporta, same thing. That's where you need Jamison to kind of be that vertical threat deep but he had a big drop. And then Josh Reynolds is another guy that potentially could take the top off the defense, but he has two key drops on intermediate stuff. So therein lies the difference between talent. We know Jared Goff ain't scrambling. So even when those weapons are open, he's checking that shit down regardless because he ain't running. The Lions played well as they could defensively. Those receivers made some bailout couches, uh, catches from those Eli Manning-esque passes. I uh, also said the 49er receivers. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, the Lions defense played as well as they could. I agree, right? I think ultimately, though, Purdy made some bad throws. He made some interceptable balls. And the Lions couldn't capitalize. The fact that they only got one pick when I believe there was two or three interceptable passes, that's another thing that plays into the factor of why did you lose? When you're on the road and you're the underdog, you need to make those plays, right? And it sounds cliche, but that's literally what you have to do. The Chiefs made those plays yesterday. They were the underdog. Even though they had Jordan, they were the underdog on the road and they made the plays. They got the strip sack. They got the pick. Lions did not do that. All right. So who wants to get into a way too early Super Bowl preview? Way too early Super Bowl preview. Let's see. Where's the line at? Up San Francisco one and a half. So the 49ers are the favorites. So Jordan is an underdog yet again. Jordan is an underdog yet again. Why are we going to keep betting against Jordan? Somebody make it make sense. I am not understanding how we're going to continuously bet against Michael Jordan. 
one team has Jordan, the other team has a whole bunch of weapons. Like I said this on the Elon app, like this run to me is similar to Jordan's third chip. Like this would be Mahomes' third Super Bowl. This run is similar to Jordan when he got his third. He had to go through the Phoenix Suns, Charles Barkley. Barkley was MVP. Jordan felt slighted by that. You know, uh, Barkley was in the best shape of his life because he was coming off the Barcelona Olympics, et cetera, et cetera. So Jordan took it personal that he wasn't named MVP. The Suns were the better team on paper. The Suns had a better regular season record. The Suns were thought to be more talented top to bottom than the Bulls team. The Bulls were the returning champs, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of similarities into how this Chiefs team is walking in, winning three straight road games, and now going into a Super Bowl where they're the underdog against a team that they're going to be staring at across from, from them at Vegas on the strip, a team that appears to be some would say better coached. Some would definitely, most would definitely say more talented. And a team that should win on paper. Because Vegas is already said, telling you a point and a half. My way too early look. I am not betting against Jordan. I am not betting against Michael Jordan. I am not betting against Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, I'm just not. I, I'm not going to do it. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll analyze this thing to, to the death <laughs> as we get closer here. But uh, my way too early look, I just can't see how Michael Jordan loses, loses this game. Because, again, if you're waiting for Michael Jordan to make a mistake, the only time we've seen Michael Jordan make a mistake in this same spot is when he had piss poor play on the offensive line and was running for his life and he was forcing the rock. That's the only time we've seen him make mistakes on this stage. They purposefully let Tyreek Hill go. They traded Tyreek Hill away so that they could reinforce the offensive line. This offensive line has held up. It held up yesterday against one of the better defenses in the league. And even when they don't hold up, Mahomes, a.k.a. Jordan, is still able to get out of the pocket and get positive yards. So, now, this Chiefs defense, Chris Jones, I need an ISO camera. I need an ISO camera Anytime Chris Jones is lined up opposite Trent Williams, I need that for self. As a dude that knows where the game is actually won in the trenches, I need an ISO cam of Chris Jones and Trent Williams. For, for, for the culture, I need that. But Lejarius Sneed, is he going to follow Debo? And if he follows Debo, this Ayuk Cook, Chiefs linebackers are not the greatest. Does that mean Kittle gets off? Juszczyk? McCaffrey out the backfield? Who's responsible for that? This is where 
if this game is a shootout, it favors the 49ers. But I think the Chiefs know that. So it's going to be ball control. I think you're going to get a performance from Isaiah Pacheco where he might even be Super Bowl MVP. But he won't because he's playing next to Jordan. But his performance would be that of a Super Bowl MVP because they need to control this rock and keep that 49er offense off the field. Because I don't know if the Chiefs defense could slow all of that down. They have no answer for McCaffrey. You can put Snead and have him follow Debo around. Cool. But now Ayuk and Kittle and Juszczyk can cook. I don't know. I don't know. But that's just my way too early preview. We'll definitely do another episode of the podcast before the, the, the Super Bowl uh, and tap in. And I'll be doing a normal episode of the DCMD podcast. It won't be championship, uh, check down lead championship game related. There'll be all the other stuff I wanted to talk about. But I know coming off the heels of the action yesterday, I had to jump on and get, give y'all something. So I just want to make sure I tap in with y'all. Appreciate y'all who have hit the like button. Uh, whether, whether you're watching this live or on the replay, make sure to tap that like button. Uh, if you want to contribute and support the channel, you go ahead and do that with the super chats and all that stuff. I think I had that turned on or whatever, but if, if you if you like it, cool. If not, all good. Uh, whatever way you want to support, do that. Uh, let's see. I'll finish up with the chat one last time, and then we'll get up out of here, I think. Yeah, we'll get up out of here in a bit. Scrub um, <clears throat> Zero. Can't both the 49ers and the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl this year? Oh, that would be great. That would be great. That'd be great. If, if, if we could get that off, if you can find a way, let me know. If you can find a way. Uh, Scrub Zero, you can't wait for great players to make a mistake. You have to force them to make it. Easier said than done, but that's really your only chance. And yet, that's the thing. Jordan knows that. Jordan's not going to make that mistake. Teams have tried to force him, but the offensive line is better. He's better. He's not going to be throwing balls parallel to the ground like he was a few years ago, like he learned. Script Zero, Sneed and McDuffie versus Samuel and Ayuk will be interesting. No doubt. No doubt. McDuffie, I'm not saying he's not good, right? Like, he's he's solid. <sighs> yeah, yeah him, and, him and Ayuk are probably on the same level. But then that opens up. Kittle and Juszczyk. Let's say McDuffie and Sneed can hold their own, right? Those linebackers are not guarding George Kittle. Now, Kittle is spotty. He's not on that Kelsey level as a, as a receiver, right? Or he's not used as such. He's used more as a run blocker first that has the capability to be a pass catcher down the field, whereas Kelsey is the, is the reverse of that. But either way, he's still like a dude that has this physical skill set of a Kelsey. And he's younger. So in theory, that should be someone that they can't uh, cover. Now I got to talk about Juszczyk. Juszczyk was a big factor in this game yesterday. Out the backfield, catching passes. Like as a dude that was thinking he could be in the league as a fullback, like I was like, I'm glad there's at least one of these fullbacks in the league again. Like, so wow, there was no fullbacks. But now we're seeing fullbacks not just be the Moose Johnston, where you're only getting fourth and inches calls or whatever, but 
you're actually getting you're getting receptions. Like you're being a factor in the passing game. Um, so yeah, that that shit right there is fire. That shit right there is fire. Let's see. Do I want to show anything here real quick? Oh yeah, here's some way too early odds for next year. If you want to bet on next year's Super Bowl 2025, here are the odds as of right now. Uh, for the audio-only audience, I'll read everything. Uh, for the 49ers are already the betting favorite next year, plus 450, followed by the Ravens, plus 700. The Chiefs already at plus 850. The Bills are fourth with plus 1,200. And I don't know if he's still in here, but if Corey's in here, look at your Dallas Cowboys at plus 1,500. So suck a bet, making sure all those Cowboy fans put some money up. And then you had the Bengals. Joe Burrow, they saw enough. I guess, again, this is all about talent here, talent. You're just hoping the talent wins out with the Bengals. So for your favorites next year, 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys, Bengals, in that order. You want to talk about way too early. You want to talk about way too early. We're already looking at next year's Super Bowl, and the Cowboys allegedly have the fifth best odds at winning the Super Bowl. That's just ridiculous. Good value, but still ridiculous. Scrub Zero, I know who not to bet on them all in 10 Cowboys. That's big facts. That's big facts. Big facts. Oh, man. All right, let me come off the screen here. <clears throat> All right, let me see. Let me wrap it up here. Let me get the vibes ready. And let's see, we got that ready. Yep. Okay. All right. I appreciate y'all for pulling up. You know what it is. Uh, this was uh, definitely a, a different version of doing the pod, doing the pod live and direct. Uh, so I appreciate everyone who was able to pull up. Scrub Zero, salute to you. Always tapping in in the chat. Um, for those on the audio side, you're probably missing out a little bit on the video side, man. We're doing a lot of visual things. Uh, the chat is alive and strong with people pulling up, tapping into the program, tapping into the content. Uh, so if you want to subscribe, uh, the link is in the description. That goes for your video people too. If you're on the video side and you haven't uh, subscribed, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that for your boy one time. But anyway, I appreciate y'all. There will be another a real full episode of the The Cindy Podcast later on in the week, touching on a lot of other different topics. This one was just all championship game specific. Just wanted to get my thoughts out there while they're fresh and current. Uh, but yeah, so for The Sam D, this is the The Cindy Podcast. I'll catch y'all later in the week. Salute.